Hello, welcome. This is episode 381. Sometimes I have to speak really slowly as I figure out what episode this is. Oh my goodness. Yes, final answer 381, where we are talking about adjusting keto for your menstrual cycle and supporting your hormones with a ketogenic diet. Ooh. I love this topic. I just love this topic. Recently, I was wearing another CGM because I just love them. And at first I thought they were going to be horrible. But now I just couldn't even imagine life without putting on a CGM every couple of months. If you're not familiar with what a CGM is, it's a continuous glucose monitor. And I was reminded yet again, that the couple of days, usually about eight days before my period starts, I have such a hard time regulating my glucose. It is all over the place. And I don't necessarily react to food like this, except that time leading up to my period. So I'm so thankful that we were able to have Zesty Ginger on to talk about adjusting keto for your cycle. Now, this is actually a show from the archives way, 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 way back when I think this was during the time that Kevin and I were learning to sail. And it was way more involved than I thought. And I barely had any time to work. <laughs> it was so much. I had no idea. Like, who knew? Moving a boat with sails would be hard. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I should have known this. And so I started having guests on the show for takeover episodes where it was just them talking. And I just loved those because people got to just have their own flair and style on things. And it was really like a presentation mode of the show. And so I'm so happy to be able to share this episode with you again. In it, our guests talk about the female cycle, two main events, the ovulation and the period, talking about what if you don't have a period and focusing on the first half of the cycle and what that means for inflammation, the second half of the cycle, what that means for detoxification, estrogen, how to optimize your productivity, brain, food, workouts, and relationships at each form of your cycle. Oh, it's just so good. Our guests today are Dr. Alex and Megan, Dr. Alex Golden and Megan Blacksmith of Zesty Ginger work with premenopausal women in an online group format. They focus on balancing hormones and supporting detoxification by teaching women to use the phases of their menstrual cycles to their advantage. You can follow them on Instagram at zesty underscore ginger. Okay, let's get to today's episode. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've created a free guide with tips on how to start keto and maintain your fat-fueled life. Grab it at healthfulpursuit.com slash free as a little thank you for listening to the show. Hi there, Megan and Dr. Alex here of Zesty Ginger, and it is our honor to be on the Keto Diet Podcast today. We are so excited. So when Leanne reached out to us about sharing how we help women optimize their cycle by focusing on the different phases of their cycle, she didn't even know how serendipitous this request was for us and for me. So a few years ago, I, my name is Megan, uh, was looking for some support for my husband who had just been to rehab, had a really unhealthy relationship with alcohol, and all my research said that the keto diet would be really support supportive for him when he got home and in recovery. So in my research, I, of course, came 
came across Leanne and first started by binging on her YouTube account, which is amazing. And uh, I just fell in love with everything she was sharing and the way she was sharing it. And then I went over to the podcast and then I purchased her fat fuel program and, you know, we were off. We were on the keto plan. So while my husband was gone for the 30 days, I did a test run of keto because I'm a planner and I wanted to have lots of meal ideas and see how it worked. And I'm also always experimenting on myself because we work with women on their hormone health and want to understand how that would affect hormones. We also test our hormones often and consistently using the Dutch, the dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. So I thought it would be helpful for me to kind of track and see. So I was also in a really bad place, you know, personally and emotionally at this point. So I was kind of happy to have this structure. I was happy to lose the sugar, which I knew my body couldn't handle on top of the added stress. And I also just stopped any caffeine consumption. So I just wanted to feel as good as possible physically, knowing like the external stressors and then just the mental, emotional stressors I had. So my theory was, you know, I can't really control my surroundings, but at least I can control my blood sugar. So first time through 30 days was super easy, smooth sailing. I felt amazing. I never needed to use willpower. Obviously, Leanne's program made it even easier. It was all spelled out for me and things went well. Fast forward later, husband comes home. He's not ready right away. So it was about six months later that we jumped on board again and we started in. We picked a random Monday start date and we're on the plan. And now this time around, it was like pulling teeth. I actually just was really judging myself because I felt like, why is this so hard? Why do I feel so deprived? Why is my energy so low? When it was so good the first time around, I was just really questioning myself. Uh, which all led to some deeper digging. So Alex and I both love tracking. We love numbers. We love stats. That's why we use functional lab work. And I started to relate this to where I was in my cycle and which phase of my cycle I was in. And as it turns out, I happened to start the program the first time around right after my period. So I was headed into that phase two of my cycle. That's what I call it. And we'll talk about that um, later on in the podcast. But which happens to be the optimal time to start anything new. So your brain is open and receptive at this time. And then the second time I started, it was about five days before my next period, which is the worst time. So this is when Alex and I just became really fascinated with the cycle and how it was impacting every single decision we made. Right, Alex? Absolutely. So yes, we started to dig into all things female cycle related and really tracking how we felt the entire time. And what we found was that for each of us, we were just shocked at how much was impacted by where we were in our cycle. And we began to get more and more interested in it. For me, you know, as someone who struggles with severe endometriosis, and I had, um, premature ovarian failure at 27 that I then recovered from using all of this that Megan and I have put together. And, you know, I had at this point was really struggling with endless spotting. I wasn't ovulating well. I just had all of these symptoms and I knew that they were hormone related and I knew that they came cyclical. But what I came to realize very, very quickly when looking into this was that 
so much of my internal state and my mindset came from what my body was trying to do inside the cycle. And I was attributing it to all of these things external to me. And like Megan was saying, desperately trying to hold all these things into place. And we all know how well that works, right? It, it was all an internal game. And once I began to step away from trying to control my body into not having these symptoms and forcing it into recovery, I just dropped into this place of compassion and working with myself. And Megan and I were like, oh my God, the power behind this. It's like, it's like vacuuming your house for a long time with ever without ever plugging it in like you can get the lines on the carpet but it doesn't make your carpet any cleaner and when we finally plugged it into the outlet we were of course like oh my god this is so true and megan really came to find that for her caffeine and sugar were during ovulation and before her cycle kicking off major symptoms and just changing the way she interacted with her world and so when the more we put this together and the more we incorporated it into our work and we have an amazing community of women who are so we are so grateful for because they are willing to do this with us and share their experiences and we've really stepped into the power of what this is and one thing that we have found that's very interesting is that when people hear this concept, it's almost like they feel it as a new way of thinking about being female. And so they tend to ask us how this came about. Um, and, you know, besides what we were just sharing of our own struggles leading us to look for a way that was easier than the way that we had been told, you know, start on Monday, start on January 1st, we realized that this was easier. But also when we went back, you know, we went back to anatomy and physiology textbooks, and we really dug into what is the female body guiding us to do? What is it already doing? What is it that the female body in its infinite intelligence already leading us to do? And how can we simply get it out of its way and give it the tools to function optimally? So it's nice to know that this isn't a new concept at all, and we'll get into this later, but it, and it's not something that any one of us has made up. It's simply us looking at how we can work with ourselves in a new way to make our lives more aligned, more meaningful, and ultimately for Megan and I, more enjoyable is our goal. So we kind of look at this as the uh, superpower that most women never knew that they had. So Megan's going to get into that here. Let's talk about period pain. The most common over-the-counter medications for occasional menstrual discomfort are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs or NSAIDs like ibuprofen. They inhibit an enzyme called COX-2 involved in the production of prostaglandins, which is how NSAIDs help reduce inflammation, pain, cramping, and heavy menstrual bleeding. However, they also inhibit COX-1, which can result in stomach and digestive symptoms like heartburn, gas, and bloating. NSAIDs use also comes with potential adverse effects, including risk of stomach bleeding, increased risk of heart attack, even with short-term use. The risk increases with regular use, especially in those who do have heart disease risk factors, including smoking, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes. And inhibition of ovulation and reduction in progesterone levels 
which can undermine fertility. NSAIDs do provide occasional relief. However, it's best to pursue natural alternatives to avoid unwanted side effects. What's the number one alternative that I suggest for my clients? CBD. The mechanism behind CBD's purported effectiveness in relieving period pain lies in the endocannoidal system, or ECS. Discovered in the early 1990s, the ECS is a collection of cellular receptors that are found throughout the body, including the brain, immune system, and the female reproductive tract, including the ovaries and uterus. Our own bodies produce cannabinoids possibly in response to estrogen levels, which bind to these receptors and influence our moods, reproductive system, immunity, and inflammation. In binding to the receptors in the reproductive system, cannabinoids from CBD may lead to relief from menstrual and pelvic pain, GI symptoms, migraines, or menstrual headaches, anxiety, irritability, and other common PMS symptoms. While more research is needed, it is generally thought that CBD decreases pain sensation by targeting specific pain receptors in the body while also allowing more positive sensations to reach the brain. CBD has anti-inflammatory effects. CBD like NSAIDs block COX-2, reducing inflammation. However, unlike NSAIDs, which inhibit the COX-1 enzyme as well, leading to digestive symptoms in many people, the CBD only inhibits COX-2, which doesn't lead to digestive discomfort. CBD slows down electrical signaling to muscles, increasing muscle relaxation and reducing cramping. CBD also appears to be effective in relieving anxiety and may therefore be helpful in PMS with anxiety for some women. So which CBD is best? Because like everything, there's a lot of garbage CBD on the market. I go with Eaton Hemp. I've been using their CBD oil for a couple of years and it's the only one that's worked well for me. When you go to eatonhemp.com slash keto diet, you will save 25% with the code keto diet and you'll be given a 30 day money back guarantee. Doesn't work for you? Get your money back. Use the code keto diet at eatonhemp.com slash keto diet. Yes, we have a really good analogy that we like for this superpower. So Imagine that your memory has been wiped clean. You wake up in your home, you're in the modern world and you look around, there's all these things. There's like these switches and there's these machines on the counter, but you don't know that that magic switch will turn on the lights. Um, you don't know that that magic box on the counter would hate your food. So you, know, you don't have a manual. None of this is intuitive and you just walk around in the dark and you're eating your cold food. So we kind of feel like, it's the reverse that how women feel like modern women are in their own bodies that they just have no connection. And we are the exact opposite that we're, we know how all these machines work. We have our cell phones, our microwaves, our cars, but we've lost touch with the natural world and with our innate superpowers. The superpowers that we see change up and down and go throughout the month with our cycle. So it's kind of like many of us are out there, we're walking miles and miles every day to get to where we want to go. Or maybe you're on a mission that you're like running and sprinting to where you want to go. And all along, you didn't know that you had this Ferrari in the driveway or you had it, but you didn't know what it did. So you could have been driving there fast, right? We have these tools and we have these superpowers that we want to help you all remember and understand and get back in touch with. So first, let's explain um, a little bit why Alex and I are in the business of helping women regain their hormone health. And Alex has a story, you know, her personal hormone health journey, and so do I. And I think after you hear our stories, you'll, you'll understand exactly why we're so passionate about it. Alex, can you start with just kind of telling your rock bottom of health? 
<laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like to say that I think I had multiple and I maybe maybe it's because we kind of joke that we're slow learners. But really, a lot of us um, require these heavy rock bottom bumps to jog us into the place that we need to go. Um, and really, it's our mission to try to help keep women from, um, you know, we're trying to catch women or keep them from the cliff to begin with so that we don't have to have other women experience these same rock bottoms. And mine really started um, pretty early in my life. I had just gone to college. I was pretty healthy growing up and was going to be a piano performance major and was going to go on to teach piano at the university level. That was my life plan. And um, at 18, I started to have severe, severe pelvic pain. I went to many, many doctors. And I'd grown up in a family where, you know, the doctor was someone you went to because they were the expert and you got their take and then you followed what they said and you did it. And so I had that look outlook on what taking care of your health looked like. And I tried to do it. I tried to do everything the way in the paradigm that I knew, I tried to play along, right? So I went from provider to provider trying to get help. And all they said was, you're young, you're healthy, all your basic labs are fine. We don't really know what to tell you about the pain. We don't think you have endometriosis. And they sent me on my way with an uh, ibuprofen. Fast forward a couple of years later, things had gotten a lot worse. I had gotten to the point where I couldn't really sit. I couldn't let clothes touch my body anymore. You know, the pain had become, now I know, but it had become central pain syndrome, where basically the central nervous system begins to dysfunction and begins its own loop of chronic pain feedback, even though there's, you know, the original stressor mine was still ongoing, but now it had generalized. So my entire body hurt and I began to have other pockets of pain, what really um, sensitive skin. And so my life really began to deteriorate very quickly. Here I was a 20, 21 year old in college and just so debilitated that I was nothing like my peers. And, and so I, in my struggle began to understand that the path that I was on was not for me. And I began to apply to medical school. I switched gears and um, went on to become an anesthesiologist. I trained at the University of Chicago. And now I'm going on to a chronic pain fellowship so that Megan and I, part of what we want to do is help women with their overall health. And I want to help women with chronic pain syndromes. And in the process of going through medical school, I still had my own struggles. And eventually that culminated at 27 when I was told, you know, you're going into premature ovarian failure. If you want to ever have kids, you have about six months. um, And that is probably going to be it for you. So I had surgery. They said, oh, you had undiagnosed endometriosis this whole time. So, you know, point for me for diagnosing myself. <laughs> um, I had three rounds of high-dose IVF trying to kick my ovaries into high gear because they weren't doing much, which ultimately failed. And, um, you know, really that was my absolute rock bottom that I hit that I said, this paradigm that I've been trying to play in does not work. There's something wrong here. There is more to the story. And uh, luckily, 
Um, I had already met Megan at this time and we really took off from there because we just broke down everything and said, how can we build it back up from scratch in a way that makes sense for women? Um, and so we're so grateful that we got there, but it was not an easy road. And I, I don't want that for anyone else. And Megan has a very similar story to mine. Yes, mine is similar in that after I had my first child, who is now almost nine, I like to say I fell off the hormone cliff. I had a really rough postpartum experience, but not until about nine months or a year postpartum. And I just started to experience things I had never felt before. It wasn't like old symptoms coming back. It was anxiety, panic attacks, extreme fatigue, ir really irrational, crazy thoughts. I mean, crazy thoughts of what was going to happen to me or my child. And they just, these were just things that I had never dealt with. So they seemed so extreme. And I had the same situation as Alex, where I went to a few doc doctors and I um, explained what was going on. And all my regular conventional lab work would say that I was just fine. So the lab work says I'm fine. I wasn't overweight. They said, I think you're good. Just, you know, it just must be what this is like to have a new baby. And I kept thinking this cannot be what it's like. Nobody would have multiple children. And luckily, I kept searching and I trusted my gut. And at that point, I found a holistic practitioner who used uh, clinical nutrition and functional lab work. For me, functional lab work really was the key. So these are tests like the Dutch that we use now and neurotransmitter testing, where I finally saw the way I felt and the way my labs worked, they lined up. So I no longer had that your crazy thing going on that I felt most people were saying, or it's all in your head. And I was seeing it on paper and which meant there was something we could do. And it was really simple step by step. Um, I had completely burnt out my adrenals. Uh, my hormones were totally imbalanced and my gut was a mess. So there was a step by step process in which is why I transitioned from my career as a mechanical engineer, I was doing that for 10 years, to become a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, holistic health coach, and work with Alex in this way where we get to really help women. And now our passion is to help them understand the female cycle. So Alex, do you want to dig into that, the, yeah, the female cycle and why we care so much about it? Absolutely. So this boggles a lot of people's brains when we start to talk about this. And especially when we start talking about your brain during the female cycle, you're going to have like light bulbs and fireworks going off in your head because it's all going to make so much intuitive sense to you because you've been experiencing this your whole life. And if you're a man listening to this, you've been the experiencer through the women in your life of this. And it's going to make it make more sense, which by the way, we do have a man's guide too that we will share. So this female cycle thing is a what we like to call the lost but not new art, right? Because a lot of what modern medicine has looked into for physiology has been based on men because when we were doing this type of work in early modern medicine, it was mostly men doing things on other men because women were included in this conversation, right? And so we learned a lot about the male body and then extrapolated it to female physiology, which granted is very, very similar in a lot of ways, but it leaves out this very important concept that the good news is that the reason we say a loss but not new art is that people have been living this way for that we have evidence of for over 6,000 years, but likely way before that because animals 
have this cyclical nature too. And that is we have on top of the 24-hour clock that men have, women also have a month-long cycle. Now, it's individualized how long that really is, but generally, it's about a 28-day cycle that's very closely correlated to the moon. And this is really the bulk of where we begin to merge what we knew historically with now trying to apply the newest stuff that modern science has to teach us. And there really is more and more now. Um, For example, we just did a webinar and we were talking about carbohydrates and women. And there, there are now studies being done on, you know, young female athletes specifically looking at you know, intake for them. And so we are now catching up to it. But this has been known and experienced for a really long time. And so we want to make sure that we challenge these assumptions that we've had with applying male physiology to women and say, how are we different? And how can we best utilize what our bodies are already doing? So we really believe that this type of teaching should have happened for most women in middle school when you got the talk about sex and having your period. This level really should have been getting a manual for your body, which many of us didn't have. And now decades later, we're just picking up on this um, information. The good news is, is that we can take this information and there's a ton that we can do that empowers us to control our mindset and our physiology in this very compassionate, loving way towards our body and to work with what the body is already doing rather than fighting against it. So what we found is that it powerfully impacts your energy and vitality and you get to spend less time and effort doing it, which is so crucial because many of us are, you know, we got we got plans. We don't have time to sit around trying to muscle our bodies into doing something. I've been on an iron boosting kick. About six months ago, I discovered my iron levels were dangerously low. Why? Well, because I like plants and I eat a lot of plants on my ketogenic diet. And when you do not combine vitamin C with plant-based iron foods, the iron cannot be absorbed. Now, vitamin C-based foods are kind of lacking in the ketogenic diet. It's not impossible to get enough, but it is a challenge. So I started supplementing with Paleo Valley Essential C, and in just three short months, I doubled my iron level. Extreme fatigue, weakness, fluttering heartbeat or shortness of breath, headache, dizziness or lightheadedness, cold hands and feet, inflammation of the tongue, brittle nails. These are all symptoms of low iron, and I had all of them. Sitting on the lower end of normal iron levels can deliver some of these symptoms. And it's very unpleasant, let me tell you. Coupled with the immune boosting component of vitamin C, you really can't go wrong with this one-two punch in your ketogenic diet. And why Paleo Valley Essential C? It's third-party lab tested as the most powerful 100% natural vitamin C product on the market today. It contains not one, but three of the most concentrated natural sources of vitamin C amla berry, camu camu berry, and unripe aceola cherry, the most potent source of natural vitamin C on earth, which is 120 times higher than that found in an orange. 
Each nutrient-packed serving delivers 750% your RDI of vitamin C, an amount meant to help you thrive, not just survive. Most other vitamin C supplements are derived from GMO corn and only contain one fraction of the vitamin, ascorbic acid. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains the entire spectrum with absolutely no synthetic vitamin C, just organic superfoods. Makes a huge difference. Head on over to paleovalley.com com load up grab a couple of bottles of vitamin c complex whatever else that catches your eye the superfood bars are amazing if you need a recommendation then enter the code keto at checkout to receive 15 percent off your first order again that's paleovalley.com and the code keto for 15 percent off your first order So the question that then follows is, why should we care about this female cycle? And, you know, why is it so important that people have been doing this for so long? Well, here's the deal. Your hormones dictate your energy, your moods, your productivity and health every single day and every single moment of every single day. So when you fight the flow of the body, by starting diets on Mondays or January 1st, like Megan's story, then it it becomes very painful, unproductive, and frustrating because the body will split its energy trying to accomplish what it is already doing and meet you halfway on your goals. But what's much more powerful is actually merging this together and helping use your brain to its full extent to allow you to live happily in your life and really participate in the world the way that you want in a conscious way. So when we when it comes to the female cycle, there is going to be two main events that help us track what is going on. One of those is ovulation. And the other is our period. And you'll hear that as we talk about the cycle, a lot of the information will be based around these two main events in that the first half of the cycle will kick off when you first get your period and will go until you ovulate. And then the second half of the cycle will start when you finished ovulating and will go into your following period. The reason those two events are so important is because ovulation is the number one determiner of how you will feel for the rest of that cycle and set you up for the next. That's how big of a deal it is. Okay. (laughs) Ovulation will make or break the rest of this month and the rest for you. If you had to look at it that way, then most of us would be like, wow, I really should look into that, right? I would like my next month and a half to uh, to be nice. And, and then our period really is the look at internally, we get to see how well things are working. If our periods are not happening in an optimized sort of way, there's a lot that our body has to do to have a period. It's very energy intensive. And those irregularities that come up for us, whether it's mood shifts, whether we get irritability, whether we get headaches before a cycle, whether you break out with acne or have fatigue, all of those things are going to be clues for how your body is doing. So we're really going to use these two main events to outline how we live and work within the context of our cycle. So 
the what <laughs> questions always follow me saying that is what if I don't have a period or what if my period's not regular? So Megan's going to take it away for that. Yes. So depending on your reason for not having a period, so we can have you follow the moon. So the moon, the new moon will be just like your period. So whenever we're talking about the period to ovulation, you're going to start with new moon and then full moon you'll treat as ovulation. So like Alex said, ovulation is so, so, so important. If it's not happening, then you, you don't have the progesterone. You don't have that calming progesterone that counteracts your estrogen. So the very first thing that we look at, we basically split the cycle into half. So we have from your period to ovulation, and that's the first half. And ovulation is, is the main event there, right? And high inflammation is the most common disruptor of this first half of the cycle. So for that reason, so we kind of break it down easily. We say from day one of your period, or if you don't have a period, the new moon until the full moon or until ovulation, this is where we're focusing on optimizing inflammation. For a very small percentage of you, you actually need more inflammation. You, you, we need in, uh, the period being a controlled inflammatory response. We need you to be able to amount a certain amount of inflammation. But for the majority of people, it's lowering information, inflammation. Excuse me. So considerations for the first half of the cycle, where Alex is going to kind of go through phase by phase of what's happening in the brain. But we'll just give you a little overview of some of the things that we talk about when it comes to food, for example. Now, there's a lot that can go into this. There's a lot of way to opt optimize your hormones and your health. But for just kind of three simple takeaways that you can say, okay, what are you going to do at the end of this podcast? We want you to do one to two things. We want you to write down, what am I going to do in the first half of my cycle this month? What am I going to do in the second half? So some really simple ways to combat inflammation would be to eat the rainbow daily. So we are, I'm sure you've all heard this before, but maximizing all the colors on your plate and just all the different nutrients and cofactors that are needed in hormone and neurotransmitter production, the more varied our plate, the more likely we're going to be getting these and the more anti-inflammatory. So another great little hack that we love is something like nettle tea. So the first half of your cycle, so from your period to ovulation, you can add in a uh, a few cups a week of nettle tea or go crazy, have it daily. But nettle tea is filled with minerals and all these minerals that we need for our hormone production. We need for this whole cascade to work property, properly. We need for optimal adrenal health. So nettle tea is a simple hack. Uh, the next thing that many people have used or are aware of is vitamin C. Now we love getting as much as we can from foods. There's lots of great foods you can add with vitamin C, but if you know you're not getting enough or you know you're in a lot of stress, so adrenal glands, you know, they are producing our cortisol, our stress hormones, and they need a ton of vitamin C. So in that case, you could get something like Seeking Health's lipos liposomal vitamin C that you'll really be absorbing and it'll be helping with that inflammation, which is going to set you up to have an optimum second half of the cycle and like Alex said, the whole next cycle. So each cycle is going to, we like to say the upward spiral. So Alex, can you talk a little bit about what's happening? Um, so phase one is what we're calling that very first half of the you know, very first week of the cycle, depending on how long, but can you talk what's happening in your brain in that very, you know, from the time your period starts? 
Absolutely. Yeah, this is some of the most interesting, mind-blowing stuff that we're going to be talking about here because so many of us live reactively in our lives, whereas this, when you hear this, you're going to see how much you can be in control of your life rather than being at the mercy of it. So this first half of the cycle from the start of your period until ovulation is just broken down into phases one and phases two. And they're going to be split up equally between the days from, you know, however many days for you that time period is. So phase one, your brain has this really interesting way of being much more interconnected than it normally is. And that what I mean to say when I say that is that the right and left hemispheres of the brain communicate much more readily at this time, more than other times. So what will happen and you once I say this, you're really going to know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's that experience that you have when you wake up in the morning and you kind of just find yourself nitpicking at everything in your life. Like you hate your hair that day. You don't really like how your makeup turned out. The house is a mess. Like you're going through being like, I really been meaning to get new curtains. Like I should really get my car washed and it'll go on and on. And basically what it's doing is in its interconnectedness, it is finding things to think about and begin to work on them because that is what the brain is really good at doing. But if you don't direct it, what it will do is basically go to work nitpicking at every little thing in your environment because you have not told it what exactly it needs to go to work on. Therefore, in phase one, the word that we most strongly associate with this is planning. Right. This is an introspective, quiet time. Most of us are drawn when we first have our periods to get quiet, be alone, do a little bit of, you know, thought and journaling and meditation. And you, you'll likely be resonating even if right now you haven't been so much taking advantage of it. But even just being called to sit on the couch and Netflix is your own body telling you this phase one time is time to go in deep, right? So we're going to turn inwards for a little while and begin to plan um, do a little bit of introspection and come up with a prioritized list of what is most important to us in our lives. And that is how when we consciously pick for this cycle, you know, our top three to however many you have, we would say keep the number on the slower, uh, smaller side. But when you really begin to prioritize what is most important to you, then your brain can go to work coming up with a plan and a schedule and a way to tackle everything for those major goals. And then you do a lot less of nitpicking at yourself and just slowly breaking yourself down like we all tend to do. There are ways that we can, you know, in addition to helping realize that phase one is an introspective time where we t do our planning so that we take action in phase two. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but that's what it'll be. When we take action in phase two, it will come from an aligned place where you're not trying to be everything to everyone. You know exactly what you need for you and you know what it will look like roughly to get there, right? You're not figuring out 
the life, your life's problem in a cycle. The beauty of a cycle is that you'll have 12 to 13 of them this year. So you get to move slowly but methodically towards your goals with this sort of thinking. So a way to support your brain during this time is to do slow and steady movement of any kind. That may be yoga, that may be taking a walk with a girlfriend, that might be a slow run if you're a big runner, but you should be able to, whatever you're doing, you should be able to speak in complete sentences during this time. A mantra that we really love for phase one is, I am safe to be myself. And um, we love writing these down and putting them where we can see them. One thing that we love about this mantra is that I am safe is a signal that we need to send our body in order for the body to feel safe ovulating because ovulating is optional right? We don't need it for survival, but we do need it in order to thrive. So we want to keep sending safety signals to our body. And then being ourselves is the alignment piece of this, right? We need to be authentically ourselves to truly be happy in the world and show up and to do what we were here to do and change in the world. And so this mantra really puts together the best of all that is phase one and the best way we can use ourselves to, you know, show up powerfully in the world, which is coming up next. But first, Megan is going to get into some productivity tips for phase one. Yeah, that's the biggest question we get from the ladies we work with. Like, how do I use this to be most productive? So some key takeaways here things Alex mentioned are planning. This is all about planning. This is also time to trust your gut. Things that you've been working on all month might come easily together at this time. So don't be surprised and don't think that it's not real just because all of a sudden things all align in your brain. And then really cutting down on distractions. That's key in this first week of your cycle to optimize your productivity. The other area that a lot of the women we work with are interested in is how do I relate to the people around me, your relationships, your partner, your husband, your kids. So in this first week is, again, it's all about planning. So this would be a good time to plan a date with your partner or a good time to plan an outing with your kids. This is the planning planning. And then from there, we're going to move into phase two. So phase two is this next week. Alex, do you want to explain what our brain's doing um, during this time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, This is one of our favorites. This is when our, you know, we finished with our period and we're heading into ovulation. And this is when our hormones powerfully surge to, you know, ultimately kick off the ovulation process and make it happen. So phase two is when our brains and therefore our bodies are primed and ready to go. So out of the alignment of phase one, the phrase that we love the best that characterizes phase two is massive action. This is when when you don't give your brain direction, it will just sort of go to work getting excited about anything and everything until you can't keep going with it and you kind of feel like a failure instead and and see if you can relate to this. This is the time when you're like, oh, you know, what would be a fantastic idea is if I ran a half marathon, you know, a month from now, I think I could do that. Right. And you like get a plan and you put your shoes out and you get your outfits and then like, you know, half a week goes by and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I did not think this through of how this would fit into my life. Right. And then you kind of just feel like having started 10 million things, all of a sudden you're sitting there going, 
I have no idea what I'm supposed to be actually working on. And you kind of let everything go because it gets so frustrating to try to keep all the balls in the air, right? So this is the best time to take those priorities that you identified in phase one and identify for each of them, you know, every day, what are one to three tangible moving the needle forward steps that you can take that powerfully get things done. You know, we aren't thinking in terms of to-do lists. We're thinking in terms of massive action and taking whatever step is necessary to move things forward. A lot of times this is not stuff that's as time consuming as it is things that are scary and move us outside of the comfort zone. Luckily for us, the brain, when we use it at this time, is on our side. You have the hormones and the energy and, you know, you feel brave. And so this is the time to say, you know, I could sit and rearrange my website and change the theme 8 million times, and we can call that being busy. But what what massive action really is, is reaching out to that influencer you've been reaching, you know, you've been wanting to get to know and actually introducing yourself and maybe sharing some of your work. That is the kind of stuff that happens in phase two if you direct your brain. And it is super powerful and will be life-changing if you allow it to be. Now, ways to, you know, we love to incorporate movement as a way to interface with our own brain and what it's doing. And one way that we can do that during this time is to do a high-intensity interval training type workout. Now, tailor this to wherever you are. Uh, A HIIT workout could include like walking slowly one block and power walking the next block, walking slowly the next block. It doesn't have to be like a kettlebell HIIT workout, but it can be if that's what you're into. This is the time where we have more juice in the tank and so we can have explosive movement. And a lot of times that movement will trigger our brain to to come up with all sorts of juicy things. Megan and I have seen over and over again, we'll kind of sit on an idea and all of a sudden phase one will come along and all of a sudden, bam, we have an outline in an hour and phase two will come along and we'll take a weekend. And next thing you know, you know, we have our new guide. And this is the kind of stuff where it's not as predictable as a nine to five, you sit there and churn things out, but it's a heck of a lot more satisfying to be like, wow, that right there, I I really put it together quickly. And now it is out in the world doing magical things. And that's what we really, really want for you. And the experience that we want to have. The mantra at this time is I am powerful, which bonus points if you go to the mirror and say that to yourself while looking at yourself, you will feel really cheesy doing it. But tell me if you don't feel different when you stand there stand up straight and say, I am powerful to your own face in the mirror. It's, it's something, it's something else. So um, productivity tips for phase two, this is where we kind of bring it home. So with that whole idea of I am powerful, how do we actually show up in our lives? This is the time to take initiative and start new endeavors, right? So this is anything new that you want to start, whether it's a diet, a new way of moving, maybe a mindfulness practice, maybe a, you know, you want (laughs) to 
do something that gets you a no daily, whatever it is, this is a great time to start. You're very primed for it now. And it's also a time where you get to really be your creative self. It's like this, this energy movement that you feel will create in you whatever story you have brewing. And if you allow it to bubble up and show up in your intentions, then we really, it's a very fun way to live your life because things really come together quickly. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Ways to optimize our relationships during phase two is to use all of this energy to show up as your best self um, around whoever is most important to you. So maybe that's being active with your partner and your kids. Maybe it's being active with your dog or friends or family or whoever it is, but get out there and have fun, try new things. And also it's a great time to have sex. So that's a good thing to do too. There it is. Yeah. From Dr. Alex. So yeah, exactly. in, my, do it. in my professional <laughs> opinion, this is a great time to throw down. Perfect. <laughs> which right. leads us right into the second half of the cycle, which is going to start at ovulation. So that was the first half, phase one and two. And then now we have the second half, which we're made up of what we're calling phases three and four. So for somebody who has a 28 day cycle, you know, there's probably gonna be 14 days left and they're going to probably gonna be a week each, but not everybody has that same amount. So at this point, the second half of the cycle, we are really focusing on detoxification. So first half, we were focusing on inflammation, second half detoxification. If that's the only thing you take away, then that's great. We use, um, if you use an app or something like I like my flow or whatever app you use, or if you've ever figured out where you are in your cycle, then I see when it pops up, like Megan, you are ovulating, then I know, okay, so now it's time to add back in some daily detox support or add in something that I had kind of forgotten about. So we like to use this as a way to have things be less overwhelming because there's a million health tips and a million things to do. And we have a lot of responsibilities, but using this cycle, I can say, okay, I've fallen off some habits. What's a good one to add back in right now? So the key here to a lot of the women we work with have major hormone hormonal issues. And one of the main reasons we see them having a bunch of symptoms is that they have excess estrogen or excess hormones in general. And it could be their own estrogen or it could be hormone mimicking substances that look like estrogen. So xenoestrogens on the body. So these are this inflammation being one reason and in these excess estrogen being another reason is why we have PMS and PMS symptoms are not normal. So yes, common, but no, they are not normal. So if you're dealing with PMS, you're dealing with acne or weight gain or anxiety or mood swings or painful breasts or fatigue, irritability, you name it, then there might be a problem with how you're handling your estrogen. So not only do we want to have a good amount and more progesterone than estrogen, we also want to make sure that we are detoxing it out of the body in a safe way, which is why we run the Dutch test. You can see not only how much you have, but which pathway. So is it going out a safe pathway? And when it's not going down a safe pathway, or if you have too much, that's when all these symptoms come up. So since hormones generally 
generally or even your natural hormones are higher during the second half of the cycle, right? Because that comes with ovulation and um, second half of the cycle. We do need to make sure our liver and our detox pathways are, are optimized and working really well so that we won't be dealing with those symptoms. So some foods can really help with this. And we love, love, love using foods when possible. We have seen shifts on the Dutch test with women's estrogen and the way they get it out of the body. And we have seen it shift from going down the cancerous pathway to going down the protective pathway just by adding cruciferous veggies every single day. Because I've had people say, I just don't want any more supplements. And we say, okay, do this daily. I actually aim to have one at every single meal if I can. So these are things like broccoli, cabbage, kale, cauliflower, asparagus, arugula, um, all the different sprouts like broccoli sprouts are all really fabulous in this category to start helping your, your, your body do what it's already doing. It naturally is detoxing every day, um, but it's helping support that process. Another little hack that we love for the second half of the cycle is something like dandelion root tea. So this is a great, another great way of um, helping push, helping optimize your own body's detoxification. So this is a diuretic. So you do want to make sure you're having tons of water and anything that pushes detoxification too hard. We definitely do not suggest our pregnant or nursing mamas are using these things. And, you know, check with your doctor about that before, especially with nursing moms. We just don't want to be stirring up toxins. But in general, um, these things can be a light way to help get the toxins moving out, help lower the estrogen level that may be leaving you feeling not so great. Another little hack that we got love, probably my favorite actually that I learned from a mentor was is um, liquid chlorophyll. So you can buy this at Whole Foods or you can get it on Amazon. There's a brand, World Organics. There's a lot of different options, but liquid chlorophyll, it's just this green liquid that comes in a bottle. It's from alfalfa. And this is kind of like having a green juice, but we just add a tablespoon of this to a glass of water. I also like to do that with cranberry concentrate, another tablespoon of that and a half of a lemon. And this morn elixir in the morning, this alone has completely changed people's lives that we work with. I had someone in my family who wasn't willing to make any healthy changes in food. <laughs> and this was the one change he was willing to make. And he's, oh, I'm, I'm totally regular now, Meg. And I feel like I have so much energy. So this is the kind of thing that we like to have people add, especially if um, they're resistant to other changes. It's just like, you're already drinking water. You're going to just have this one extra elixir a day, and it can really, really change your cycle. When we do a cycle challenge, it's just one week long, and we've had we've had people have an impact and a change just in one week. In general, we always say you want to watch for three whole months when you're dealing with cycle changes, but there are small changes that will start to happen right away. Another area that we really love, so when it comes to detoxification, you know, we're um, using foods and elixirs, but also daily detox tools. So these are simple and simple yet effective things like a dry skin brush or a tongue scraper or a rebounder, basically moving the lymphatic system. So the dry skin brush actually, you know, brushes the skin towards the heart. And you can definitely Google how that all works, but you're moving the lymphatic system, helping the sewage system of the body, helping it get the things out that are already on its way out, but it's just an extra support. Same thing with the tongue scraper. You're getting all the gunk, all the things, all the estrogen mimicking substances that have come to the tongue all night in your body of where you're, you're helping it get out. So we've seen, again, these small changes really can help women's hormone balance and the symptoms that they're dealing with. 
All right. So as far as that goes, so now we're splitting that. Um, those are things that apply to to the whole second half of the cycle, but now the brain, we're gonna split into three, phase three and four. So Alex, you wanna talk about what's happening with the brain right after ovulation for that next you know, week-ish for people. Yes, absolutely. Yep, so as we go after ovulation, we have this nice steady period of time with our where our hormones in an ideal world are nice and steady during this phase three. And what that helps our brain do and what it's primed to do is small but consistent changes forward, right? So we, in phase one, we took some time, we prioritized and aligned. Phase two, we took massive action steps towards those goals. And now in phase three, it's still a very action-oriented phase. It's one where we want to do things. We want to move things forward. Our brain is looking for small, quantifiable changes that move us forward on our goals. But when we don't give it direction, and you, your brain goes to work trying to small but consistent changes move everything forward, it is so completely overwhelming that people feel like this is a classic time where PMS starts to come into play, where people will have mood swings and irritability and insomnia, and they're up between one and three in the morning, which is liver time, um, you know, processing these high estrogens, but also they're ruminating on things and having this experience where their brain is going to work doing this, and they're not in control of it, and so it's keeping them up and doing, you know, having negative effects, and we really want to take the control back and beat that overwhelm and say, you know, this is where for our goals, we can say as we move things forward, you know, we've taken the explosive changes, usually that first week of a new diet or a new exercise are like super fun, you know, everything's new, even by week two, it's a different game, it's a different sensation where you're kind of like, okay, how do I play with this? How do I see how I could improve this in my life? You know, you start playing around with you may be following a meal plan, but you start tailoring it, tailoring it for you a little bit and seeing how you respond. You know, these are the very practical ways of interacting with your own world to make it perfectly suit whatever you need. And that brings us to our mantra for this one, which is I deserve what makes me happy. I deserve because a lot of us are looking for worthiness outside of ourselves. And we use this as a reminder to say, we do already deserve the things that make us happy and we are worth taking action for our goals for ourselves. This is not for anyone else, but we bring it back to us that it is me that deserves to be happy doing whatever it is that makes me happy, right? So it, it's kind of a great reminder of what our brain um, is already doing at this time. In terms of interacting with our brain and with our physiology through our body, the way the best way we can do this is through active cardio. So this is still, like I said, an action-oriented time 
during the female cycle. It's kind of beautifully balanced that way. But you got two back to back where you really want to be on the move. But instead of that explosive movement in phase two, here is the active cardio of like going for that active bike ride or going for a run or, you know, going on a maybe a nature run that's a little more um, cardiovascularly involved where you can handle it. But it's also um, very you know, very explosive, but keeps you moving forward. So that is phase three movement. So optimizing your productivity at this time, let's bring it home to the most actionable items. This is the time to get really strategic, right? We're going to focus on the things that put one foot in front of the other. You are not trying to break any records here, but you're saying for your biggest priorities, what can you do today that's small but consistent that sets up your world in a way? Remember, this is different than the explosive changes that come in phase two. This is more of what do you do to set up your world on your end to make it work for you? All right, optimizing your relationships during phase three. Remember, this is right after ovulation. This is the best time to have important conversations. And when we have our men's guide to the female cycle, we have during this phase, you know, we remind the men it's great to wait for this time to have the most important conversations in your life. Your brain is primed to communicate effectively what it is that you need at this time in a practical way. It's And it's a great time to tie up any loose ends you have hanging that have kind of been bugging you. It's a great time to put together a little loose ends list and say during this week, how can I you know, incrementally knock these off and get those off my mental plate so that I can enjoy not having them weigh on me. All right. So we're cooking along. We're in phase four. So this is the week coming up before your next period. And so for many, many women, this is prime PMS go time. All right. Now, phase four is our bringing the balance back to turning inwards again. So we've had one introspective one in phase one, then we had two active phases, and now we're back to coming inwards, turning inwards, and beginning to find a balance between the old and the new. Now, an example of this is like cravings during a new diet. A lot of times during PMS, people are like, I have the hardest time saying no because they're trying to willpower it. This is a time to say, what's the new balance that I'm trying to find? So, you know, if this craving represents comfort, how do I, you know, either meet that through food do, is it this a time where I have an exception? Is this a t time where I find a replacement? Or do I not need food at all? And if I identify that it's comfort, maybe what I need is like to hang out with a girlfriend and have a meaningful connection with someone or have a date with our partner and make a meaningful connection, you know, so it allows us to be more intentional with how we respond to the things that come up for us. At this time, it's really easy to feel like everything's out of your control because your brain is highly sensitive to hormone imbalances at this time. And so when we begin to bring it back to retrospection and finding balance in like a sane way of approaching ourselves, it, it becomes a lot less about forcing yourself to do something and a lot more about having compassion and love and like seeing, seeing what you need and giving it to 
yourself, which is a lot less painful. So the best way to interface with our physiology through movement at this time is slow and heavy lifting. It's one of those things that can help us feel strong. We can help ourselves physically see, like, look at the growth I'm having, look at the gains I'm making, and to show to ourselves that we are strong and we are here for ourselves showing up consistently. And that is how we build self-confidence. A mantra at this time that we love is, I allow myself to receive. So, you know, during this time when we are giving ourselves love and compassion and understanding, then it can be a lot easier to receive. But a lot of us need a lot of help with this. So turning it into a mantra that you remind yourself daily can be really helpful at this time. I allow myself to receive sticky notes all over the place at this time, just because um, I'm a recovering overgiver and I just need to learn this lesson over and over. All right, so let's keep bringing it back to the practical. So phase four, this is the week before our cycle and before a period and ways to optimize productivity is, is to turn inwards and see how can we respond to our own internal cues to find more balance. We're basically going to do some retrospective analysis, assess what worked, during the cycle, and then course correct in the ways that didn't work. This is really powerful because you're going to come up to a next cycle and you can take what you learn in this one to that next one to hop on what we call the upward spiral. All right. So ways to optimize your relationships at this time is actually allowing yourself to be nurtured by others. And this is harder than it sounds a lot of times because so many of us struggle to ask for help. But being nurtured by others is a way that we can allow them to love on us and allow us to get the nourishment we need. So we show up in the next cycle with the energy reserves and with the love that we need to show up for the world in the way that we want. So this, and then the other aspect of this is really boundaries. So this is where we can challenge ourselves to say yes to the things we want to say yes to and no to the things we want to say no to and to build healthy boundaries internally, like ways that we're not going to betray ourselves and ways that we're going to show people how they can best interact with us to get the best results. So those are those are so powerful for optimizing your relationship. This phase really, really key for transforming your life. So Megan, yes. have to get away next for our goal. Thank you, Alex. So our goal for everyone listening is that you will choose something you are going to implement now. If you know what phase you're in, then you'll have been tracking along. If you aren't sure, then I'd say that should be your very first goal is to start tracking and understanding what phase you are in. But we want everyone to take a minute, write something down. What are you going to implement this week? Because it's cool to know things, but knowing things doesn't change your physiology until you implement them. So write it down. What are you going to do this week? We always try to have our ladies just do one new thing every week. Don't overwhelm yourself. Just keep going, keep going, and you'll ride that upward spiral. So if you are overwhelmed and need additional support, we have a free guide that spells this out 
phase by phase. And we don't know how much longer we're going to keep this as a free guide because it's quite the massive guide. So we made a special link just for the listeners of the Keto Diet Podcast. And that you can find that at ZestyGinger.com forward slash Leanne. So we are most active on Instagram. So reach out to us if you have questions. We are Zesty underscore Ginger. We also have a podcast, the four-phase cycle podcast, which breaks this down in starting season one, episode one, just phase by phase. So if you want even more and you want to go phase by phase, and if you want to go hormone by hormone, then check that out. And it was such an honor to be on this podcast. We so appreciate it, Leanne. So we hope you all have a fabulous day and thank you for listening. Thanks so much for having us. We were so excited. We can't wait to talk with you all soon. I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. You can follow Dr. Alex and Megan at Zesty underscore Ginger on Instagram. They're also the founders of the PMS Project Healthy Hormones Group, as well as the hosts of Four Phase Cycle Podcast. Okay, I will see you back here next Tuesday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.